I can't focus on these Americans who think that, you know, white power is uber alles. Welcome to Won't Be Silent. I'm your host, political TikToker and opinionator, Abe Gurko. Everyone should be able to voice their opinion. We want people in this current moment of resistance to use their voices. We're here to discuss the many reasons why we can't and won't be silent. Each week we will explore a movement and see if we can bring people together with one goal, to speak up and say, I won't be silent. Today we're going to talk to Jessica Piper. She's running for the state representative in Missouri. And as long as Josh Hawley is that senator, honey, we need as much good female energy in there as possible to counteract that. My name is Jess Piper. Um, I'm in the northwest tip of Missouri. Um, I live in a little town that's about 532 people. Um, I'm a veteran teacher and I recently resigned this year so that I can run for um, office as a state representative. Um, I have five kids. I have one. I know. <laughs> I have one. Very young. Are they all babies? Thank you. No, I have one granddaughter, in fact, and twin grandchildren on the way. We do things quick out in the country. <laughs> There's always that joke that when I always say something like, I could, I'm old enough to be your great great grandfather if I was from Alabama <laughs> or Arkansas. <laughs> or Arkansas. Um, what town are you in? Um, so I'm in a little town called Hopkins, um, right on the Iowa border. Um, and we have a little farm out here where subsistence farmers we grow our own beef and our own vegetables, and we have chickens for eggs, that sort of thing. So just living the country life. Missouri is almost dead last in female representation in the state house. And so that's a biggie too. I'm taking a lot of flack right now for hiring all women for my team. Um, but oh, lots of folks, even some progressives um, think that it's sexist. And I'm just like, well, one, they're women that I know and that I trust. Two, I don't have to worry about any creepy behavior <laughs> on my team. And three, they were the best candidates for the job. They just happen to be women. I'm not moving on from this. Who said exactly what that was a progressive? That uh, well, I had I had a couple progressive men push back on me and say one said, "Don't you want men to vote for you?" Well, of course I do, but I didn't think that having women on my campaign team would preclude men from voting for me. And another said, "This can look sort of sexist," and so that's where I just pushed back on that because. Um, we are underrepresented under in politics. And if I have the ability to represent women and bring on women, why wouldn't I do that? Right. Is there any way for you look to uh, look at um, who won, who voted in the last election, male versus female? Can I'm sure I could find that data, yeah. If I were you, I would just for your own peace of mind, look that up mm -hmm. because... That's who you're going to go after anyway. And right. any man that doesn't vote for you because of that, honey, <laughs> is a closet Republican. You know I mean? Right. They weren't going to vote for me anyway, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It should be rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. I yeah. Hate that, <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> but you're, um, explain your, you know, platform. 
or where do you, okay. where do you land on the spectrum of progressive versus, you know, which I, I, where are you in between the extreme? So I'm very progressive. And I think that comes from my background. I was born in the deep South um, and very poor. In fact, like we didn't have food several times. There was a church that would leave food either in our car or on our, on our doorstep because we were so hungry as a child. And um, my dad refused to get on aid or refused to let me have free and reduced lunches. So I was often really hungry at school, which made school difficult for me which I think made me go into teaching. And once I was into teaching, I really realized the um, inequities in schools. And so um, I started researching because I'm a white person. I'm from white community. I didn't know what I didn't know. I started researching and finding out that the inequity is massive, uh, not just in schools, obviously, but in every walk of our life. So I would say I'm very progressive. for the political, um, for the presidential uh, candidates, I really was a, an Elizabeth Warren fan. I'm a fan of people um, paying their taxes, especially the rich folks. Um, my great grandpa was a miner in the Altus, Arkansas coal mines, and he organized labor in the 1930s and 40s. So that's kind of where I come from. Um, there's a big movement right now for like rural leftist and rural progressive people to stand up and say something. And um, I got my, I started in activism after 2016 when a lot of people were just horrified, couldn't believe what had happened um, and couldn't believe that folks that I know were saying, yeah, he's standing for us. And I'm like, you live in a trailer house and he has golden toilets. I have no idea what you're talking about. He does not stand for us. And so I started working with a group I don't know if you're familiar with called Moms Demand Action, but we work for gun sense. I'm a gun owner. My kids shoot deer. You know, we eat venison. And so but I'm also for common sense gun laws. I have I have kids, you know, so my guns are locked up. We don't have handguns because of the risk of suicide. So, you know, I'm just responsible with what we own as well. No, I think, um, I think um, just quickly, when after the Pulse shooting, I got involved with the group called Gays Against Guns, and I started the L.A. chapter again, which is all about gun sense as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. So it's just really important for people to know I'm not against the Second Amendment. And by the way, what would it matter if I was? It's in the Constitution, you know, like there's nothing going to happen to your Second Amendment rights. But in the state of Missouri, we have the one of the most lax uh, gun laws in, in the nation. And we also have, coincidentally, some of the highest rates of homicide and suicide in this state. And it's obviously a direct correlation. And um, every single year, we fight back legislation where they want to put guns in schools, K through 12, guns in daycares, guns in churches, uh, and guns recently, they they tried to put guns on public transit in Missouri. And so it's just, it's we, I live under a GOP supermajority, which means they basically don't need any Democrat to show up for any vote and everything is going to go through anyway. So we're, um, we're anti-abortion in this state. There's one provider last year, 2020, the one provider performed 39 abortions in the state. But now they're going after abortion again and, in fact, going after contraceptive use. They're trying to to ban the payment of IUDs. So 
lunacy. Nearly 10,000 Missourians are dead to COVID. We never had a mask mandate. 800 Missourians died of gun violence last year. All they do is give us more guns. But 39 abortions were performed, and so now they're clamping down on Planned Parenthood. Makes no sense. I couldn't do that. I couldn't live. I've always lived in very blue states. I'm in California. I came from New York. As far as I go, you know what I mean? I have girlfriends on the East Coast, and that's what they always say. Oh, are you watching The Handmaid's Tale? And I'm like, girls, I live it. I am not watching it. Right. So what is your, so, I mean, I, I commend you for going on this journey. Do you have support? Are you like building a team or are you, what, how do you promote? Are you kind of sending out flyers? You make phone calls out of, how does, how do you, how does somebody do that? Well, um, I, I've been a teacher in the community for a long time. So a lot of people already know me and my district is four counties, but that's only 23,000 people. So we're really small. So um, I already do have rank, uh, name recognition. Um, I've also been an activist. I'm also a teacher who's taught, you know, social justice, CRT, 1619. So I'm already kind of on blast in that area. But I've been able to raise a lot of money, uh, more than any candidate in this um, race has ever raised in the first quarter. So that's helping me. I was able to hire a campaign manager and a call manager. But the key was data, because there hasn't been a Democrat that has run in this district in four years. And before that, previously, I can't find the last Democrat elected. It had to be within the last generation when a Democrat was elected. So we don't have any data. I don't know who votes, who doesn't vote, who would vote, who may, you know, be an independent, a progressive. We don't know. But with the money I've been able to raise from social media, from Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, um, I've been able to hire a data team to help me with strategizing. Good. I am saying this on my posts. I'm saying it to anyone that I get that's running for something on this thing. Number one issue for 2022 is January 6th. I don't care. Democrats are not great at messaging. That's our big claim to, you know, TikTok has been a great lesson for people like me. Anyway, I can speak for myself and obviously for you, if you're raising money, you know, get 59 seconds. You want to talk to your people. You got to say it in a way that it's engaging that they come back. You know, I don't have a huge following, but I'm pretty big. (laughs) No, it's, you know, I guess, I mean, I see people with a million. I I'm very much about cultivation and Mm -hmm. keeping people engaged with my laugh and my serious because I try to combine the horror of where we are with the joke or at the expense of a republic. Right. But the thing that, you know, you have as an opportunity is to message, to learn Mm -hmm. that. I I just think that that's why we're, we're, you know, this next election cycle, TikTok, political TikTokers, are going to make hay. I really think we're going to, you know, help put the goal is to keep us in the Senate and keep the House blue. Right. Yeah. And um, in small little areas like mine, it's um, it, it kind of just blows up because people are like, oh, my gosh, have you seen that she says things? A thing that um, a lot of Democrats, especially in my state, women, especially they don't want to make content. They're scared 
to say things because people may come after them. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if they come after you. They're not going to vote for you anyway. You might as well say what you mean. And it's a struggle for, I know I talked to a Democrat who ran here a couple cycles ago, and he said, I was told to say that I'm against abortion except in the cases of rape and incest. And I said, that's wrong. That's wrong. Do you know what Republicans really respond to? Privacy. Do you know what abortion is about? Privacy. No lawmaker should be in a doctor's office. And that's, you have to, you're right about the messaging. And it's going to be different in every area. What flies for you absolutely will not for me, even with moderate people. Um, but if, if, if I talk about abortion as it is privacy, it's none of my business, you know, um, then that should resonate with them. And that's a good point because that would also tie into those anti-vaxxers, privacy. Yes. Obviously, that's, yes. A good, that's a good combination to make that message. And that's what happens when I've, yeah, I've lived around conservatives all my life. And so those are, these are the things that I know they care about. They care about privacy. Number one, probably to them is, you know, the, the fact that they're able to do what they want whatever they want with their body, with their um, property, with their guns, whatever it is. Um, in my state, especially, they can say the most outlandish things and nobody pushes back on it. Um, there's a GOP strategist. His name is Greg Keller, and he actually worked for uh, the campaign of our current governor. And he's infamous for a tweet that he sent out that is still up to this day. And he said he won't rest until Missouri is literally the handmaid's tale. And so I'm like, you know, that means that you want Missouri women raped and in submission, right? But they don't care. They can say these things. I tweeted out one time about my low teacher pay. So I had 16 years of experience and I have a master's degree and a, ba um, a bachelor's, obviously. And I make $41,000 a year. So I said something about my pay and said, actually, after you figure in for inflation, I make less than I did 16 years ago. And a Missouri lawmaker underneath there, unprovoked, said, get a different job. Nobody owes you anything. And so that's the sort of that's what we're dealing with. It's it's not it's mean and awful for no reason other than they can completely get away with it. And they can take pictures of guns and post them and be threatening to folks. They can do anything they want. And it's just finally where you get to the point where you're like, I can't really afford to quit my job, but by God, I'm going to quit my job because I can't stand this anymore. And the last Democrat that, that uh, ran four years ago, he lost by 80%. But I'm like, I, I know, I know. I don't think that I can, I, I don't think I'm going to lose like that. And I honestly think I'm going to win because I don't sign up for anything to lose. People are like, just get on the ballot. And I'm like, no, I'm not just going to get on the ballot. <laughs> I need to know that I can do something. No, I mean, again, data is going to be really important. You need to find out who in your constituents and who in your who's voting in your voting block, what their feelings are about January 6th. Mm -hmm. you take the temperature. You should take yeah. the temperature of how do you feel about Josh Hawley? being one of the people that tried to put down, you know, the demise. of Isn't democracy. he the worst? My God. I can't even, I don't even want to waste time talking about him. He needs to suffer like pain. That's all I'm saying. Him. So January 6th out here would be tough. I know I was teaching in seventh hour. 
I saw what was happening. I, I um, was in between classes and it popped up and I was like, what is going on? And I looked at it and I told the kids, I said, the Proud Boys are attacking the Capitol. Like there, there's terrorists at the Capitol. And then I kind of went about my business and gave my lesson. It was the end of the day. And then we were, um, we received an email that night telling us, unless you're a history teacher, you probably don't need to talk about this tomorrow. Do you still have that? Oh yeah. That's a fundraiser. That's a fundraising letter for you. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it was just, it was shocking, shocking, but not to, not in this area though. It wasn't shocking because they don't want to talk about it because there's a lot of people walking around um, thinking that Trump won. Right. No, that I'm saying in terms of your fundraising, when you go beyond yeah. borders to fundraise, that's an important. Yeah. It, it was something. So what else? You have five kids. How? Yeah. I mean, what were their age groups again? The ones that I teach. No, the one I that, teach- the one that you own. The, you know your your children. Oh, my own children. Yeah. So um, my oldest is twenty five, and my youngest is nine. I really thought you were like in your late thirties. <laughs> no, well, I'm I'm in my forties, but not too far off. But so um, my oldest son I had when I was twenty one. So that gives my age away right there. Um, and then I had my next at 26 and then there was a big span of time and I had my last at 36. So, yeah, (laughs) just a lot of, what do you, what does your husband do? So, um, funny story about that. My husband was an alternative educator. He had, um, the kids who couldn't function in regular ed and he worked in my same district, but across the street from me. I was a tenured teacher. He was not. When COVID happened, I started um, protesting and organizing. And I went to a protest. And that that next day, my husband was fired. Because who? <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> they really needed him. He did a great job. He had uh, glowing you know, references and, and um, job reviews. So there was no reason to fire him. But um, I, it would be difficult to fire me with tenure. So, oh my Lord. Well, you know, look, this will be a, any way you slice it, this is going to be an interesting time for you, right? It is. Yeah. Interesting for sure. And I'm just ready to do it because I'm so sick of it. I'm just so sick of it. And, and that's why I think I come across, especially in my area for a, you know, middle-aged white Southern born, but Midwestern lady I come across as, you know, a smart ass, someone who should keep her mouth shut. You know, I can't believe you say the things you do. And I'm just like, I'm sick of it. And you know what? There's a whole bunch of women that are too. And I realized because they message me, they talk to me, they say, gosh, I wish I could do it. And I'm like, you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm really going to push for younger people too. I've taught high school. So I have several hundred kids in the area that have actually been in my class. But also we have a university here. And so I have, you know, I'm hoping to get those kids as passionate and as fired up as I can. Yeah, well, the kids, to be honest, as much as I have faith in the Gen Z, they didn't ultimately blow out the numbers in 2020. So, And do, do you think that maybe it's because Biden wasn't their candidate? You know what? I don't I, I don't want to blame it on anything other than the fact that if you cared enough about your world, you would have voted. That's true. You know, 
Yeah. Um, It's the same thing. Like people did not vote for Hillary. They voted, but they didn't vote for Hillary. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's what it's so frustrating. Biden wasn't my candidate either. But you think I'm not going to vote for him? I was more than happy to go and cast that vote for him. You know, I voted for Hillary, too. But yeah, you're right. You know, I talked yesterday about what's going on at the state house versus what's going on at my house. My roads are crumbling. I can pick up huge pieces of asphalt, but they're down there fighting critical race theory. My roads are falling apart. You won't fund Medicaid. You defunded my schools. We can't go on field trips because you won't fund the the bus fund, but you're doing these things that make zero sense. And so I think that's where people get apathetic and they're like, what's it matter if I vote? And by the way, in Missouri, we've done a lot of uh, petitions and ballot initiatives and pass them and they don't they won't fund them. They won't do them. So we passed Medicaid expansion last year. They won't fund it. They just said no. My rep voted against Medicaid expansion because he said, well, there's counties in my district that didn't vote for it. So I'm not going to vote for it. And it's like, what do you mean? The state of Missouri passed this. We told them that we didn't want concealed carry. They didn't care. They did it anyway. We told them we didn't want right to work. They went right after we voted for that. They went and wrote bills for right to work. We told them we didn't want to be gerrymandered. They put it back on the ballot with language that confused people. And now we can be gerrymandered again. So you can see where people in Missouri be like, what the hell? Like, what is it? What would be the point? Because they do what they want. You know what? You still have to make them care about you. Uh, right. I know. So and I, I am running in a small district. Um, but here's the thing. We're we're in a supermajority and we need five seats, only five seats to flip. If we flipped five, we wouldn't have that GOP supermajority anymore. So um, my position is really important. And um, last year, 2020, there were 50 uncontested seats that went to Republicans in Missouri because it's scary out here. It's uncomfortable to do this. People, I'll tell you what, you know what people are most scared of? Opposition research, because we are not perfect. And I mean, I've had so many women say that. And I said, you know what? I'm a little scared of that too. But who hasn't done what I've done? You know, who hasn't, who hasn't done I mean, I can't even think of anything awful that I've done, but I mean, I'm not an angel either. And neither are my children. But it's scary. Yeah. You know what? That's unfortunate. I guess that's the the beast that's been unleashed by this last administration. And that's that's our platform is education, infrastructure, because our roads are crumbling, health care, because they're closing rural hospitals. And then something called CAFOs, which are concentrated animal feeding operations. And so they're putting these big feedlots in uh, rural communities and they ruin our air. The waste leaches into our drinking water. And the Republicans really pushed to get to take away local control. So there was one that just came to a county, a couple, um, it's a couple counties over. Anyway, Republican farmers started being activists because they're like, you can't put literal cow shit in my water. Like you can't do that. And it made them really angry. So I know that that's, you know, an issue that independents and Republicans are mad about. (laughs) Thank you, Abe. Have a great great day. day. Bye.